Welcome back, Cracked fans, to another edition of CR Live. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. Joining me as he has been all weekend, Chris Halioris of College Times Ring. Chris, thank you for coming back. Absolutely. And we should say we will be uh, recording throughout the weekend as we have been. Last night we tried to record a recap for the last four matches. Unfortunately, the Illinois match was so loud it kind of blew the audio for that. So we're going to redo that now. We're going to be talking about the last four round of 16 matches from yesterday. Ohio State versus Tulane. Versus Stanford, Illinois, Texas, and of course USC, Florida—all tremendous matches. Let's get the easy one out of the way first. We'll start with the number one seeded Buckeyes, and you know, coming into this event, we said, you know, 15 out of the 16 teams really could win this, and then there's Tulane. And uh, with all due respect to them, and the Buckeyes looked great, but you could just tell the talent gap was too large. They were never going to overcome that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean. I- Ohio State's obviously so good in doubles, so good at number one. Tulane had, I mean, their best shots were going to be uh, with Stewart at three and Chick at five, and they put up some good fights there. But but even Alex Cobalt at five for Ohio State indoors, super impressive, uh, and just too too much from the Buckeyes. Uh, so we talked about it yesterday. We can we we'll do this very quickly. But we said, you know, JJ Wolf just. He's a cut above right now. He looks so good, so confident inside, too. When he's hitting that serving forehand like that, yet it's almost as close as you can get to a sure thing of a point at one. Uh, so he's playing phenomenal tennis. He gets a win. As you mentioned, the doubles. It's funny, I got to watch them hit yesterday after the match. They came back to practice, and, you know, we talked about this on what we'll now call the lost pod. Uh, you know, and not only was Alex Cobalt phenomenal but you've got him and James Trotter at two doubles that's really the most unknown quantity about this Buckeye team and in the practice I saw man was coach Tucker going after James I mean he was screaming at him you know be aggressive you got to play up there you have to own the net you know don't be afraid to get hit don't be afraid to hit the other player all of these things and I, I think it's really fascinating I think you know you're looking at the takeaways from this match coach Tucker knows how important the doubles point is to his team Oh, for sure. And he knows the one guy that he's got that hasn't been on the team the last couple of years. So, you know, and that's probably more more pointed coaching just to get on the new guy and make sure that he's he's fitting in with the team. But uh, but yeah, that's if you're going to go after them in doubles, that's probably one of the two matches you have to try to win is at is at two. And then you got to somehow figure out a way to get one or three. No, exactly. And you have Tubert, just such a known quality with McNally at three. Wolf and Joyce, they've played together before. Obviously, Joyce, huge serve. Wolf as talented as any player on the court. Their lineup is scary good. I mean, they're getting wins from Tubert at six, from Cobelt at five. If they're able to do that consistently throughout this weekend, they're probably the team to beat, right? Yeah, as I said in the, in the quote-unquote lost, <laughs> lost pod, pod. If, if they win at five and six, in my mind, they're unbeatable. I mean, they're they're almost assuredly going to win at one. Granted, you, know, you run into Will Blumberg, you run into whoever, there's always going to be a good match there. But you like your chances no matter what at one. They're great doubles. If you get five and six, and then you still have – McNally, Sea League, uh, you know, running down the lineup. It's it's a it's a, going to be a tall task trying to beat them indoors. Uh, absolutely tall task. Cobalt huge, Joyce huge. Literally a tall task because these guys are ready to play indoor tennis. But let's move on to our next match. We'll get to talk about the Buckeyes plenty throughout the weekend. Uh, this was a fun one for us. Obviously, last year, you know, my fandom of UVA, and last year Virginia has a down year by their standards. A lot of program turnover, a lot of new roster spots. You know, new coach, all these things matter. And now, 
you know, they come into this season, they lose a, a really close match earlier in the year, but now they've beaten Texas A&M 4-3. They've beaten Wake Forest 4-3. And they come here at the round of 16, they knock off Stanford 4-2. Stanford, a team that beat USC, and we'll talk about USC Florida in a little bit, I promise. But obviously Stanford, a, a known quantity, a good team. They've got talent throughout their lineup. And for Virginia to lose the doubles point and come back and win four singles matches, that's just so impressive. Very impressive. I mean, we, we all know that they're super solid through the top four. I mean, the top four is great, and they've been, you know, we've been looking at maybe they're trying to figure out who five and six are. And now that they've got kind of a pretty good set five and six, and they're getting them to play well, uh, it, it's a lot, a lot of the same story like you see with Ohio State. If they get that from five and six, wow, they're going to be tough because they're, they'll battle anybody in the top four. And you have to wonder, again, with their lineup, they get Henrik Wiersholm back this year, but then they're also adding in Brandon Nakashima. They're adding in Ryan Getz, and I'm sorry if I mispronounced his last name, but there's not a lot of continuity in the doubles. Henrik Wiersholm, despite being one of the only returners on the team who's played you know, in a national championship, he didn't play doubles any of his years during those runs, and so now you're asking him and Nakashima to step into the two-double spot that doubles point is always so important. But as you mentioned, the depth for Virginia, if they figure out five and six, they can hang with anyone. And you look at it in the context, we'll do a little preview now of Ohio State, Virginia, which will be played a little bit later today. Um, let's just assume Virginia loses the doubles point, right? Because given what we know about both teams, that's if you're guessing, that's probably the most educated guess. They still have the talent. I mean, you look at it two through Two through six, really, because of what the turnover with Ohio State's five and six, it's an either-or match, much like all of these matches are. Absolutely, yeah. You, you definitely have to like Wolf at one, but at the, on the same token, I think you have to like Nakashima at three. <laughs> so, but, but let's say they get Nakashima at three. You're still looking at two, four, five, and six, uh, and of those four, they need to get three of them, but uh, that's very possible with their lineup. They're not. They're not out of it. The only thing that Ohio State's got. I mean, you look at Cobalt again. Cobalt at five and two at six, playing so good indoors. Can the Virginia five six keep doing what they've been doing? If so, they're in it. But I, I think you know. In my mind, you got to make Ohio State the favorite. But it. It could happen. I think one of the matchups it could come down to, if you're, you know, following all of the singles courts individually, you know, Martin Joyce is going to play the younger brother of Alex Ross. All these guys were all right. I call him the younger brother of Alex Ross. He's playing accomplished on his own. And Gianni Ross, UVA's four singles player. Now, uh, you know, of course, Alex, Joyce, myself, all in the same age in the Midwest. Those guys, obviously a cut above me, but, you know, I'm sure Gianni texts Alex saying, hey, what am I doing to beat Martin Joyce? I think that's the court it could come down to because you've got the senior in Joyce indoors. He may be the favorite, but I like the skill set of Gianni Ross just a little bit better. I think that's going to be one of the turning points, and I'll ask you, you know, who would you, who do you take in this match? Well, I think... I think if Gianni's successful keeping in, keeping Joyce back and keeping him you know hitting the Off ball the net, yeah. hitting the ball deep and keep you know keeping him moving and and at the baseline then then he's going to he's going to end up dictating that match if he can't keep him back and you got to believe that Joyce is going to find his way to the net and with the big serve uh, that I I kind of like Joyce's prospects, but I wouldn't give it much more than a than a toss up. No, it, it, this whole match is a toss up. I, I'm gonna guess you're leaning, and I think that's what you said last night. Ohio State in the four-two-four-three range. Yeah, I think if, uh, assuming they get doubles, which we're kind of—if you have to guess and make a pick—you say they get doubles. I think if they get doubles, they they grab it four-two. Virginia gets Nakashima. 
they they get another one in there, but I, I, or I'm sorry, Ohio State. I think Ohio State takes it 4-2. Well, we'll do a little fun segment of Alex's trivia here because the last the year Ohio State won the national indoors, I, it was not here. I believe they put actually it might have been here. Actually, I think it was here. That's that's funny. But so there we're playing trivia with myself, guys. Um, you look at that team. They actually lost the doubles point to Virginia all of those years ago. Won four singles matches. That was the year where they played the funky format tiebreakers at five all. That was the really and I when on the podcast I told Coach Tucker that he gave me he said oh you're trying to delegitimize my one title. I was like no I'm not I'm not I'm just pointing out the scoring format was different. I just love the talent of this Virginia team and both of these teams have been tested already in the year. They've both played upper level uh, teams. Give me the Virginia. Give me Virginia four three. What the heck? Why not? I almost swore, but I didn't. For you listeners, in case you're watching this video, I would have said what the f. But let's. Speaking of what the f, let's talk about our night session because what the wow. f? What? Yeah, there's a transition for you. That was. I mean, when college tennis is good, it is phenomenal. It is really the most enjoyable sport. You have the team aspect. You have the team atmosphere and. You know, last night we were treated to two matches, Illinois versus Texas. We're in Chicago. Illinois, obviously, a home team in this event. They brought a crowd to represent as such. It was it was loud. There were back and forth. There were breaks everywhere. It seems like no one wants to win either match. Of course, Florida USC is going on simultaneously behind it. They're going, you know, to third sets. It's crazy tennis all the way around. Out of respect for them hosting us this weekend, let's start with Texas, Illinois. You know, the storyline is Illinois, what a, what a comeback from them, what a fight. They win two third-set tiebreakers. They have a chance at a third third-set tiebreaker to win the match 4-3. But to me, the storyline is for Texas to come in here, get that win in this environment in round one in their first like time being really a favorite at an event like this, what a win for the program. Yeah, it was, it was a great win, and the crowd was unbelievable in support of, of Texas. I spent most of the first two-thirds of those matches back at the Florida match and then finally had to come up and watch what was going on in the in the Texas-Illinois match. And and Texas had had a 3-0 three, a three lead, right? And you thought, hey, this one's, you know, they'll find one, not for sure. And they were up even breaks in the third. And, some, and I mean, the Illinois guys, they just don't quit. And they... Boy, they oh, put on a show. I tell you, Zeke. Yeah, the the chance. But I'll tell you, the, the guy that's the showman on that team is Keenan Mayo. He <laughs> loves the crowd. He's got a I little mean, Keegan Smith in him yeah, from last year. He plays to that crowd for sure, and he comes back and gets his match. And I'm watching a lot of Chi-Chi Wong and Sifo. I'm going to do, do a horrible <laughs> justice if I try to pronounce his first name. But my first takeaway from watching him play is, First, they're three courts away, so you don't get a good view at him. And when you're looking at Alex Brown closest to you, and then you look down, it looks like a 12-year-old kid playing down there. <laughs> I mean, he is small, okay? And he gets to everything, and he just made he made Chi-Chi Wong work so hard and eventually pulls that match out in a breaker to make it three-all and send everything to that final court. Yeah, and then all eyes turn to Zeke now, even before getting to that match. We saw earlier in the day with our, your Mississippi State Bulldogs, they won the doubles point, then lost all four singles matches. What lesson was reinforced in the later matches, the doubles point is crucial. And you look at it in this Texas match, yes, they were able to go up 3-0 because they took the doubles point from Illinois. And for Illinois to come back and tie the match at three is remarkable. And it's what made last night so impressive, especially to do it in front of your home crowd. Just awesome stuff. And yet still... 
3-0 is a huge lead. You know, sometimes it's just too much to come back from. And, I, I, again, if I'm circling things I noticed in this match, one, I mean, Kova Savage at one for Illinois. He can really beat anyone right now. He's playing as well as anyone in the country. He beats Cressy here uh, the Wednesday before the indoor start. Now he gets another win over Siskard of Texas. This Illinois team can play with anyone. The, the biggest takeaway, though, still, this Texas team, everyone, you know, everyone meaning me, you, and Stokoyak talked about, well, they're not the biggest name. They haven't make, been making semifinals this past couple of years, but there is talent one through six in that lineup. And even though they lose uh, third set breakers at four singles, at six singles, they are right there at every position, and they are just a scary team to come up against. Yeah, they don't have a weak spot in the lineup, right? I mean, there's sometimes you're looking, oh, we've got to win four, we've got to win six, or whatever. You can't look at that lineup and go, that's the spot we have to win. I mean, you, you're just going to have to basically take doubles and, and find three singles wins, but there's not a spot you're going to pick on. No, it, that's, you're right. That's the biggest thing is there's no, you know, for Ohio State, you say, well, five, six. For Virginia, you say, well, five, six. For Texas, it's like, man, like maybe one. And you're like, well, if, you're try, if your game plan going in is we're going to win at one, given how good all these one singles players are, you're, you're in trouble. You know, that's a tough strategy. So, yeah, this Texas team looks really good. I mean, you, you look at it now, they can win this event. They really, really can. That's exactly how you want to start this tournament. Oh, absolutely. As we, as we said coming in, they were very, very capable of winning it. They'll get USC today, and, and you know we'll see how that one goes. Well, but that, they for sure have a, have a legit shot at this. This is why I like having you as a co-host. You know how to get us on to the next topic. Let's talk about what, in my opinion, was the match of the day. And the reason I say that, I know that's a lie. Illinois-Texas was the match of the day. I'm sorry, Florida fans. But in terms of quality, Man, was this match special. USC knocks off Florida 4-3, rebound after a tough tough two. Like, you know, USC, tough loss to Ohio State, tough loss to Stanford. This is not what we expected from them earlier in the year. And again, what's the difference in this match? They take the doubles point early on from a young Florida team still trying to feel its way out in doubles. You know, Kessler and Bale at one. It, it might be a little bit too much to ask for them. I like the pairing of Perez and Inglidson a lot. Crawford and Rafice, both young guys still trying to figure it out. But for USC, man, they have their teams down. They know exactly what they want to do, and they just executed that much better in doubles. Yeah, I think so. a couple interesting. I think, to your point, Inglidson and Perez were a top 10 team two years ago. Uh, so I think, I think we're going to end up seeing at some point They'll be back to number one, and Kessler and Valle will move Is to Perez two. Is Perez injured? Are they, like, working him back slowly? Is yeah, he had wrist surgery. Yeah, right? That's what I was going to so, say. So he's he's coming back, and so he's kind of working his way, uh, you know, I'm sure back into match shape, <laughs> not from a fitness standpoint, but just, you know, much like Delpo having a wrist, yeah, right? No, you, it's, it's not going to be there right away. So, yeah, but the, the interesting thing in that doubles point, and from – our vantage point, you can't tell whether balls are in or out, so all you can tell is the controversy. But they split <laughs> the first two doubles matches, and it comes down to that to the match on three. And USC serving for it, up 5-4. I'm not even sure who it – I'm not sure which of the USC guys was serving. Had already double-faulted twice to the ad court in the game. Goes Comes to a deuce point. They serve to the ad court. Florida calls the second serve out to level things at five, and they get overruled oh. by the chair 
to win the match, and they went, you know, well, I won't say they went blue. I've seen worse ballistic reactions, <laughs> sure. but they were not happy, to say the least. Uh, but what a way for the doubles point to end um, on, on, a, on a double fault overrule uh, and give them the point. But, yeah, that was a You, you kind of knew that was a big doubles point, even though USC is the 14, 13 seed. And they've got the singles players, so. Yeah, definitely. But you look at the way this match bore itself out, and we've all said, you know, Florida's got the most talent for sure. One through nine, there's not a better roster in the country, and you saw that manifest itself in this match. Florida gets wins at four through six, and I think even more importantly, not only did they get wins, but they got wins from their senior and junior leaders. They got wins from the veterans on their team. Inglidson down a set and a break, ends up breaking back, holding serve, and winning his match at four against Riley Smith. Alfredo Perez drops a second set bagel, ends up winning his match 6-4-0-6-7-5 at five. To have Alfredo Perez playing five singles is a luxury any team in the country would like to have. And then at six, your guy, McCain Kessler, I think he was also down a set and a he fights his way back down a break a couple times in that second set for a 4-6, 6-4, 6-3 win. Even though Florida lost this match, I think this is the exact result you want to see if you're them because you know Sam Rafaish with a year of college tennis is going to be better come May than he is in February. I, you know, Andy Andrade playing so well at the beginning of the year starts out at one he gets a loss at three but you know that happens indoor tennis I think Andrade might be a better outdoor player in my opinion and then I called you and told you this last night when we were going to record our final pod there were stretches of that tennis where I thought wow Oliver Crawford might be the best player in all of college tennis just so solid can do so many things so well and th- that the match came down to him and Holt is what you want in college tennis. It's, it reminds me of last year's quarterfinal in Mississippi State, Bourget versus Torpegard to decide the match, right? It's just like, this is the, what you want. You want the best players playing in the biggest moments for the win. It's absolutely, it's what you want to see. You want to see the match come down to one. The only part of it I wish we didn't have to see was the fact that there were three double faults in the tiebreaker. <laughs> Crawford threw two doubles in, and then at 2-5, Holt throws a double fault okay. in. Oh, we'd much rather see these guys rally it out and, I mean, and play the, it. Some but. of the inside-out forehands Crawford hit in that match, it, it, he finds his forehand no matter where he is on the court. He's so solid, moves so well. And then Holt is just, you know, the, the term country club player comes to mind because he just makes it look so smooth, so easy out there. Every shot comes naturally to him. It was a phenomenal contrast. And, of course, you had Crawford down a break, Holt serving for the match at 5-3. I believe that was right after Riffis had lost uh, 6-4 in the third to Cuckerman as well, so he's trying to serve it out. And Crawford breaks back, right? He goes down. I think there was a point penalty there because Riffis slammed his racket after losing it too. So he starts, you know, Crawford starts down love 15 and still gets the break back to stay alive in the match. Hey, look, Texas Illinois had three third set tiebreakers, but this was insane. Well, and, and you had every match, I believe, except for Andy's match. Went three sets, five three-set matches in singles here. That just tells you how close the singles play was here. When you have, when you're getting five matches going three sets in singles, it's you know, uh, well back to your point, the doubles point is crucial. <laughs> the doubles point was the Thank difference you. here. You win doubles, you win the match. Uh, but but you sure up and down the lineup, these guys they're so even. So then getting into our preview because Florida is going to take on, uh, or Florida sorry, USC takes on Texas later today. Both of these teams gassed. 
I feel like for I mean, who comes into this match more mentally exhausted? Who's going to be the f the team that's more fresh, that's ready, you know, on this? Okay, that's the big thing, right? I think doubles in this next match, Texas USC, is even more important because these guys' bodies have to be hurting. This was the late match, you know, they they weren't done till 10:30, 11. So the next question is, does USC play the same lineup? So I don't, I couldn't tell you why. If it was, if it was just a pull, if it was, if it was, you know, sickness, injury, just coach's decision. But they, the, the their lineup had Jack Jade at three. He was a scratch, right? And it moved Verboven up, who's probably the the, the three, the three anyway. anyway. Yeah. And I tell you, I sat behind that Verboven Andre match for most of the time I was there. I could watch that Verboven backhand all day. <laughs> That's how I feel about Crawford. I'm just like, I love your game. Yeah. I'm, I'm all in. Yeah, yeah. so, I mean, uh, that Verboven, I mean, I, I, I love the one-handers and the guys that just hit it and make it look so effortless, effortless and so easy, I, I, I love. But, uh, but yeah, does, do they go with the same lineup? Or is Coach Smith looking at, you know, the potential matchups and making a change? Or he could be saying – Hey, I'm going to get a, a guy that's a little more fresh based on. I mean, let's be honest; these guys are in ridiculous shape, so I'm not sure the fact that they finish at 10:30 is going to affect them coming back for a 6:30 match tonight. They'll be fine. It affected me. I'm yeah. gassed. <laughs> yeah. I'm exhausted. Well, well, I don't think they went out drinking beer yeah. afterwards either. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, you're totally. And I want to say this is why I love doing these podcasts with you because it's such a brilliant point you make. The flexibility, the depth Coach Smith has. If it's ever going to come in handy, it's this match, right? Because he does have so many options four through six so you're right if he plays with his lineup who knows it, it'll be fun to see what florida does today too just you know they're they're playing now an illinois team that's obviously as talented as anyone they just lost four three to texas so it's going to be very interesting to see uh i mean i'm going to ask you straight pick texas usc you're really high on the trojans coming into the year two losses might have did it scare you off or after this one of florida are they back on well, track it's not going to scare me off it might scare me off this early like yeah. they haven't hit their stride yet and again i haven't i haven't gone and looked i think if we look at all the different lineups usc has played this year you'd go look he's find he's trying to find the lineup he's working different lineups every every match um i think straight pick so one, first i'll say i don't think we'll see the same five six for usc today i don't think we're going to see bulla sands at I five like six it. there's going to be a change not i mean they both lost they played late match He's looking for something, I, I think, and they pulled a guy. I think we'll see a different lineup. I don't know what that lineup will be, but I'm gonna. I'll say in another super super tight match, I'll take Texas. I wanted Florida to win so badly last night. If I'm being honest, and it's not because I'm a Gator fan. It's just because I think their team is the most fascinating. It provides so many interesting perspectives into college tennis. You've got Perez, Inglis, and the veterans. Crawford, Rafice, the young guys. Grife, all these different options. Yada yada yada. It's so fun. I think the Trojans get the win today. I think they ride the momentum from yesterday. Holt has to be feeling confident. You mentioned all these guys are in stellar shape. Siskard takes a bad loss yesterday. You, you wonder if that sort of thing matters. I love Holt and Smith at one doubles. That's one of my favorite doubles teams in the country. I mean, it's an either or. You can tell me either way one team's going to win 4-3 and I'll believe you. I'll take the Trojans. I think that you're right. The fresh legs at 5-6 and six could even if that's not what they have, you know, these players for five and six, if you're more bullish and you you win a set 6-0 and you lose the match, I'm coming out tomorrow fired up. So I'll take the Trojans. Uh, yeah, I mean, any final thoughts from day one? No, I think that just what a way to finish the night. I mean, <laughs> yeah. that was that was crazy, crazy, great finish. Surprised you're not kicked out yet. <laughs>
<laughs> that was a joke for us. I'm sorry, listeners. Uh, but yeah, you know, a ton of great action still uh, ahead of us. We've got the quarterfinals starting today. Uh, we'll be back, of course, to talk about those matches. I know there's a lot of great backdrop action as well. You know, Mississippi State Baylor as a backdrop match is kind of crazy, given that those are both top ten teams. So a ton of great tennis. We'll be sure to be back here talking about all of it. But one last time for my wonderful co-host Chris Halliors, for our super producer Daniel Westoff in the background, who has quite the stressful weekend ahead of him. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We will be back with you later this weekend.